Hey, Brian here with Mid-City Vineyard Teaching Podcast. If you want to learn a little bit more about Mid-City Vineyard, you can check us out online, midcityvineyard.org, Facebook, Mid-City Vineyard Church, and on Instagram, at Mid-City Vineyard. Also, want to let you know that uh, for those who would like to, uh, here at the end of the year, support the ministry of Mid-City Vineyard, a community of faith in the community, for the community, uh, we would greatly appreciate and happily receive those donations. And you can give online at midcityvineyard.org if this is a ministry that has uh, really connected with you. Uh, and you can do that again, midcityvineyard.org. Just look for the donate button. This past week we kicked off Advent. So for the next four weeks we will be uh, moving towards the birth of Christ that we celebrate at Christmas time. And during this time, we reflect on uh, the, the ideas of hope and joy and love and peace as we move towards God becoming flesh. And so Advent, week one, we were reflecting on the message of the prophets today, the message of hope that things can be different. So let's head on over to the podcast. Much peace to you. Tonight, we kick off, as I mentioned, this is uh, the first week of Advent, and Advent is that season on the Christian, or the church, calendar. So I, I, t- I tell you this, uh, we go over this each Advent usually, but uh, the church has its own calendar, and the way the church calendar works is it begins with Advent, which is the, it was in preparation of the coming of God, the coming of Christ. And, and it's a time of expectation. It's a time of anticipation in uh, the life of the church and of the follower of Christ. And the reason for this, and the reason we come back to it every single year, it's, it's similar to the same reason we celebrate uh, Christmas every year, and we celebrate Easter every year, and we celebrate, or we, we work through Lent uh, most years, and we do these, these different kinds. It's because human beings are rhythmic beings. We're, we're people of rhythm. You know, that's how we operate. That's why you, you recognize when you carry the same schedule every day, you wake up at the same time every morning. You have your routine. When you, have your, you wake up at the same time, maybe you shower first, and then you drink coffee, and then you get ready, and then you go to work. But that's why sometimes if that's your order, if you drink your coffee before you take your shower or, or, or you get something else messed up, you're like, oh, I'm, I feel all weird. And it's not just because you're obsessive compulsive. I mean, some of you might be, and that's a whole other thing in and of itself. But it's because we love rhythm, and we thrive when it comes to rhythm. And so the church calendar reminds us, and it keeps us in that Christian rhythm, anticipation, expectation, moving toward the coming of Christ. Now we know Christ has already come the first time, but it's still a, it's a reminder, it's a movement of what is to come. And so we dedicate our, ourselves in these next couple of weeks to uh, thoughts on hope, love, peace, and joy as we move towards the, the celebration of the coming of God to the world. 
the words of Isaiah the prophet, thousands, I think this is some 3,500, yeah, 3,500 years ago or so. Isaiah says, there is a day coming, there is a day coming when the mountain of God's house will be the mountain, solid, towering over all other mountains, and the nations will river towards it. People from all over set out for it. And they're going to say, come on, let's climb God's mountain. Let's go to the house of God. And he will show us the way that he works so that we can live the way we were made to. Isaiah, listen to what he says there. He'll show us the way he works so that we can live the way we were made to. Zion is the source of the revelation. God's message comes from Jerusalem. God is the one who settles things fairly between nations and countries. God is the one who makes things right between many people. They will beat their swords into shovels, their spears into rakes, their guns into working tools. No more will nation fight against nation. They will not play war anymore. Come now, let us live in the light of God. The prophets of the Old Testament, their main job, so to speak, was to tell the people of God, and actually to tell all people, that there is a different way to exist in the world than the way the world is telling you the world is telling you to exist this way, but the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Joel, Amos, Haggai, all of these people would say as prophets, no, there is a different way to exist in the world, even now, than the way the world tells you to exist. That's what the prophets were doing. They were saying there's salvation coming, and it's for all of creation. But the salvation that's coming, it's not an economic system. It's not capitalism. It's not democracy. It's not a, way, a form of government. It's not a particular governor or a particular country. It's not any of these things. But salvation is coming. There is a hope coming in the world. And there is a way for you to get in on this now. That's what the prophets are talking about. And they say it oftentimes a little bit enigmatically. It's a little bit puzzling sometimes. And you have to look at it and you have to think about it. And I would suggest that the prophets are still speaking today. Now today, we look around and then we say, well, where, where, are the, where are the prophets? I think they're hiding in plain sight. I think, and, and I truly believe that the prophets today are mostly found in the arts, are artists and musicians. And how, how would you know? Because they would be saying, and the message would be, hey, listen, perhaps you can wake up and realize that there's a different way of existing in the world, a better way of existing in the world than the way that the world is telling you to exist. Some of the words of some of the prophets. Sean.
Don Lemon, Alicia Keys, Bono, just a few. The message, what, what is the message? See who has ears, let her hear, is what Jesus would say. He who has ears, let him hear. There is a different way to exist in the world than the way the world tells you you have to exist. The world would never say that forgiveness is the only real redemption. The world will tell you that this is a tit-for-tat kind of world, and the only person who's going to look out for you is you. So you don't let anybody walk all over you. You fend off, you fight off. The world would never tell you that we can actually have peace. And that the only way, the world would tell us that the only way to real peace is through war. But the prophets would say, of the Old Testament, the prophets of today and Jesus himself would say, no, the only real revenge is forgiveness. The only real way to peace is peace itself. There is no way to peace other than actually practicing peace. Prophets are still speaking. The question is, will we listen? Emily Dickinson said, Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. There is this part within every single human being that wants to soar. There is a part within every single human being that desires and holds out for hope. What the, the absolute worst thing that a human being can actually ever experience, I would suggest, is hopelessness. And if you've ever, even for the slightest moment, experienced hopelessness, you know firsthand that it is the darkest, scariest, most awful place your soul could ever go. Anyone who ever puts a gun to their head, takes too many pills, cuts their wrist, any of these things, it's because in that moment, in that moment, they are experiencing Hopelessness. But there's something within all of us that wants to soar. There's something within all of us that holds out for hope. Hope within us that will overcome the sadness. Hope within us that will overcome the frustration. And here's what happens. And I, I love this quote by Dickinson because there's this, there's this song, there's this tune that is, is in our soul, and it doesn't have words. And so what happens is we feel the tune, we sense the tune, but we have to figure out how to put the words to the tune. The question is, what words will we put to the tune? What do we mean by that? The tune in your soul playing along and the world says here's how you here's here's how you put words to it you want hope then you need more money you want hope then you need to feel more valued 
you want to feel more value, well then it would be good for you to produce more. Climb that ladder. Claw your way this way. Claw your way that way. We end up putting these types of words to, to that hope. And if, if you don't believe me, just look back over your own life and, and look back and realize, oh, you know, it's kind of funny. I always thought that once I got X that I would feel Y. But then I got X and I didn't feel Y. Or if I did feel Y, I only felt it for just a little while. And then X was no longer enough. And so we go back and we watch our friends and we watch our peers and we watch our coworkers and we try to decide, well, what words do I need to put to the tune this time? The tune of hope is there, but I, what are the words? What are the words? And so we go looking for more words and we go searching for more of the ways that the world would say. Well, if so-and-so just wouldn't treat me that way, then I would finally feel better. Or if so-and-so would no longer be in my life, I would feel better. And so now so-and-so is no longer in our life. And we realize that so-and-so has clones. Because there are other people just like so-and-so who get up like a fur under the saddle and the grass wasn't really greener. There are many things off in the world. I think we would agree with that. We just look, I mean, just look at, if, you know, go home, turn on your flavor of news, and we'll see what's wrong. I mean, there's war, there's racism, there's genocide, hatred, sickness, pain, there's loneliness, there's broken relationships, there's death, there's suicide, there's heartache, there's addiction, there's loss, there's sadness, and the list goes on and on and on and on. But may I suggest that all is not and this is what we look at during the Advent season, that all is not lost. Because there is hope. And we do hold out hope. We hold out hope that God is good. We hold out hope that God hates evil and destruction as much as we do, if not more. We hold out hope that righteousness and justice win out. We hold out hope that God's rule and God's shalom and God's peace went out. We hold out hope that there will be an undoing to the violence. There will be an undoing to the war machine. We hold out hope for healing. We hold out hope for restoration. So whatever it is in our lives, even tonight, where the stuff has hit the fan and it's not going right, this is the part, this is the part where faith actually comes into play and it comes into our equation. Now, because I have faith and maybe I put my hope there, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden, like I'm just like, oh yeah, everything's great now. I know this happened and that happened and this happened. No, but I, you know, I, I got faith. I don't know. If you can do that, kudos to you. I'm not that guy. I still am kind of like, yeah, so I still got to work through the crap. But the hope to allow the Holy Spirit to put words to it. In John chapter 1, Ryan is going to read what's the 
Apostle John had said. God became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Perhaps in my own life, this is where hope resides. For me personally. God became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. The divine creator of all things literally chose Some 2,000 years ago, you used to go to synagogue to say, please come to this building so that you can that corner rock and listened and participated and ate food and slept and went to the bathroom and had uh, joked around with his friends and went through pain and went through sorrow and went through good days and got really hungry sometimes, probably even hangry like me, and having not had enough It's funny, though, the writer of John, John says that the people didn't notice. God moved into the neighborhood, and the people did not notice. Why didn't the people notice? I would suggest that it was because the people were singing the wrong words to the tune. See, the people were expecting that this God would be the one who comes in and conquers and throws down enemies and, and charges and builds up castles and and. and creates an army and destroys evil right there in the face with a sword. really would destroy evil in the face with evil. That God would be for the haves and not for the have-nots. This was their understanding of God. And yet, who did God reveal himself to? If you ever read, and I'm sure you have, and you will again, but the, the, the Christmas story the birth narrative, who did God reveal God's self to? A teenager. A teenage girl by the name of Mary. An old man by the name of Simeon. An old woman by the name of Anna. Shepherds. Fortune tellers. The poor. Nobodies. These are the people who show up. A teenage girl in our society who says, what? An old man. Well, what do we do with old men in our society? We put them in homes same with old women. Shepherds, these guys are at the bottom. 
fortune tellers, the magi. I know we call them these wise men, but these guys are magi. These guys were astrologers. These guys like read the stars. The poor, the nobodies. God's saying, hey, this is the king. God is for us. That God is here now. The Messiah has come and taken the Messiah's place as the Savior. Do not misappropriate your hope. Even tonight, think where it's think. Do not misappropriate your hope. Our hope is not in who is president. Our hope is not in our form of our economic, our form of economy. Not in capitalism. Our hope is not in our 401k. Our hope is not in what decisions our children make. Our hope is not in if I get that car or not. Our hope is not in, and you can fill in the blank. That's the world's king. I'm telling you, that's the whole. That's the world's king. And Jesus is saying, I want to invite you to change your thinking about this. And in order to do this, you're going to have to look. You're going to have to look with eyes of faith to the God who became flesh. And eventually, it is going to work out. I heard this week, I think this, I think this is a linen quote. In the end, everything is going to be okay. If everything, if you look around and everything is not okay, then it's not the end. The prophets are still speaking. And so we hope, as we look, as we move through this Christmas season, we look to the fact that Jesus, God, is becoming flesh at Christmas. But we also know in this time, 2018 years later, that God has already come in the flesh, and our, our hope remains also in that Christ is going to return one day. And in the middle of it, there is a way of operating and living here and now that is available to us. We don't have to be cast to the lyric that the world wants to sing. Not only that, we don't really, not only do we not have to be captive, but we can begin to sing a different song as Jesus did and invite people, hey, wouldn't you want to change your song as well? Because this song means a lot here and now. Peace, comfort, mercy, Jesus, grace. So perhaps this last year and year before, hopefully. <laughs> this is our third Advent together. But maybe this four weeks over this next time as you do your Christmas parties and do your shopping and whatever it is you do, continue to look to the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, what are the lyrics to the song? What is the light in this song? I look with expectation and anticipation of what you are going to do in the future. But may I ask now, what does it look like today? Right here, right now, change my life. And then our life will be changed.